The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. Uh, We've got another great program for you today and a wonderful guest. We've got with us Grandmother Mary Lyons, and you'll be hearing more about her in a little bit and hearing a lot from her. We're going to be talking about the topic of circles of strength, awakening to a unity of we. And so, again, I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you also for going to our Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook and liking us and posting on there. It's great to see your posts and uh, see you liking that page and getting the word out. I want to thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about us here on Spirit of Recovery on unityonlineradio.org. And it's great to be broadcasting on the topic of spirituality and recovery. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We've got guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or are involved in spiritual teachings that really benefit recovering people and sometimes all the above. My guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know, you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer. You can listen via your smartphone. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can also listen on demand. we got lots of years' worth of great archives. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery, and you can find all kinds of great archived programs. I also want you to know that if you would like to financially support UnityOnlineRadio.org, which is a non-profit venture, you can do so. You can text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can give a one-time financial gift or an ongoing gift. And again, that goes to support all of the wonderful programming here on the non-profit UnityOnlineRadio.org. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. If you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, maybe as a family member you are in your own recovery as a family member. Maybe you're somebody that's just curious, interested in the process of recovery and spirituality. Um, Whatever your situation, we're very glad that you're here, glad you're listening, and know that um, what you hear here will be a blessing. We'll give you some great new ideas, open up some new concepts for you, and inspire you in your interest in the recovery process. 
Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and 34 years ago, those relationships were a catalyst that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and my walk continues to be an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that keeps transforming my life, keeps me growing. So I am delighted, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and bring you great guests and to hear what's happening for you in your recovery and your spirituality walk. Well, today our topic is Circles of Strength, Awakening to a Unity of We. You know, human beings are created connected. We're connected to ourselves, our higher power, and each other. And if we lose that awareness of that unity, our spirit sleeps within us, and we get isolated and lonely, and that makes us susceptible to addiction and other problems. But as we learn to walk in the we, our spirit wakes up, and this is one of the beautiful, beautiful gifts of recovery. My guest today is Grandmother Mary Lyons, and she is an Ojibwe elder. She is a member of the Grandmother's Council. She's a member of Women of Wellbriety International, and she shares wisdom teachings on reclaiming our connection to the we. She is also a spiritual advisor, a storyteller, a wisdom teacher, and she also um, has fostered children with disabilities for more than 30 years, and she's an Indian Child Welfare Act expert witness and has been very active in that community, speaking on behalf of indigenous communities in many regards uh, in the recovery process and um, has won the Congressional Adoption Award that she received in Washington, D.C. from for her work with children. And um, we're just delighted. I'm so glad that you're here with us today, Grandmother Mary. I know you've got lots and lots of wonderful wisdom to share. And uh, before I uh, let you start talking, I'm going to say our listeners can learn more about you on the web. If they just Google you, um, Grandmother Mary Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. There's several web pages, and uh, you can find out lots more about the great work that she does. So, Grandmother Mary, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Oh, bonjour. In my language, that means hello. It's such an honor um, to uh, be on your talk show and to have such a awesome wave of audiences out there that reaches uh, far more people than when I was younger. Um, it was the old telephone that you'd have to physically use your finger to dial and uh, deposit a nickel or a diamond at that time. And now here we are just on this cell phone and we get to talk to people, you know, um, throughout Mother Earth. And so this, to me, is such an honor and uh, how we use this space is remarkable. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to have you. And, and yeah, it's amazing, amazing the gifts that we have to reach each other now. Grandmother Mary, would you tell us a little bit more about yourself, about your background? Yes. You know, um, uh, it was remarkable because I, I met Anna at the uh, uh, Parliament of World Religions um, mm-hmm. in Utah just this year, and I was one of the, I was honored to be one of the guest speakers within the Women's Forum in that there. And um, I noticed within a lot of the language and the conversations people were talking, um, addiction was kind of left out of it. I noticed that, too, and when you said something, I I just about stood up and hollered. I probably did, because I'm like, that's the gigantic issue that ties all this stuff together. But the whole thing was, is when when they asked to do the opening prayer, it it wasn't to do a prayer for me. It was a thought of each individual person that was sitting in there has their own cultural connection to their prayers. And one of the things that I felt within that opportune time is I had to address a lot of the women and the people that are in my pathway of life, of who I hold near and dear to my heart, are people that are in recovery or looking to be in recovery or, you know, even being addicted at the, at, at this very moment that we speak and because that their voices weren't out there. So... You wouldn't hear when I had announced I was 40 years sober just up on that podium of I don't know how many was in that audience, but there was a lot 
the mm-hmm. echo and the applause stuff was in how much communication I swear I had AA meetings from there until the time I left Utah. Uh-huh. So I mean that just radiant, radiant through the audience and out there. And I, my, my heart was the women in prisons and, you know, the women on the street and the, their children that were taken away from them. I mean, it just threw a rhythm of what was not talked about, this silent mm-hmm. conversation. And I felt that conversation needed to be open to an audience that I felt that platform should have been talking about well before even... I even entered that space. So it, it was such an honor. And for for myself, of who I am as an elder, um, one of the things is, uh, you know, within my culture, I'm a day one. And I, it's not saying I've learned from a day one. That's just our spiritual. It's just somebody saying, you know, they're Catholic or whatever their spiritual belief is. It's just our way. We live it every day. It's a good life. You know, you just, it's walking the good life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, alcohol has swept every community on Mother Earth. And there's so many communities throughout the world that I've journeyed in that it's so acceptable even to children in out there. But when you look at the mass menace within their communities, just kind of knocked me in the head because I'm thinking you're saying they're problems and you don't know why they're problems, but yet you have a liquor store or a bar in every corner. I'm thinking, my word, you know, and they call the insane insane and they call you politicians or whatever it may be. And I, it was just, I, I needed to ground myself. And so one of the things that I did was I... I, I prayed. I really did. I, I put my tobacco out, and I asked Creator. I said, you know, I, I need help. I really do. I need help in putting my feet back on Mother Earth and doing the best job that I know how to help or just to be available. Um, and... From that time, many, many years ago, it just seems like Creator just opened all these doors. I mean, I don't think there ever is an accidental meeting. It's just you're there at the right place at the right time and you meet the right people. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's positive or negative, you just have to step back and take that lesson. Mm-hmm. And so what went on is I kept my culture because I am, uh, my name is, uh, uh, Nish Nibi that second water woman. And that's that's my that's my native name and my English name of course is Mary Lyons. And so that name that was gifted to me meant something because we came the intention was as we were taught from the very beginning of our ancestors. Now, if you take all this garbage away of the last 150 years with all these technologies and you get right back to the realities of just family, where you're sitting around, you don't have a TV, what you're doing is you're having your kids go out and get firewood and whoever's doing hunting or gardening, whatever it is, do the basics 150 years ago, just to sit within this, this, this community of family, which is very limited these days, you, you had to kind of step back to yourself and say, what would my grandmothers have taught me in that time or my grandfathers had taught me in that time? What was their journey? What got me here today, supposedly in the free land? Why did they run from their homeland to save their children, to save who their, their lineage rights are, to come to a land to run from home? So all this stuff was playing in the mind here of trying to find out what the individuality was of what was happening. But during this time, it seems like every corner and barrier was, there was alcohol or there was drugs. There was some form of addiction that was going on mm-hmm. that seemed to be the barrier in just about everybody's road. Every person you talk to, every person had that story, such as myself when I grew up as a little girl. You know, I had my grandparents and them tell me this story. They said, you know what? 
you had this agreement, and it was a happy agreement with the Creator of saying, I'm going to take this journey, this is your spirit, and I'm going to go into Mother Earth, and I'm going to enter this beautiful blanket of a body, and I'm going to have this family, and this is the way um, the attention is supposed to happen. But when you come down and you enter this beautiful blanket of a baby, and the attention of goodness doesn't present itself because you may be swimming in a belly of alcohol, or you may awake to this world to an alcoholic mom or alcoholic father or alcoholism around you. It changes that journey. It makes that lesson harder. That sounds real profound, but our grandmother would say, they said, now that is where the test of will is going to be, how you are going to be a true warrior, because that task was put before you, and creative believed you could do it. Not too many people get that, that hard task. They, they always made something difficult to, to, to build you up, to make you feel you could get through that. Because they said you were supposed to, you, you supposed to be coming into this purification of waters that's in the mom's tummy and you wake up and you look at everything that's going on and you know but yet they say when things get bad you run to the most taintous of waters and you couldn't figure out what that taintous of waters is until later on it taintous of waters were alcohol it's something Mm -hmm. so we were always taught that there was two of us you're never alone not that I'm not grandmothers would say not that I'm not there with you it's that you have your spirit, and your spirit is that warrior inside this blanket of a body. So whatever happens to that body doesn't happen to your spirit. Your spirit might be surrendering itself, sleeping, or whatever it is. So we really work our ancestral teaching to victims that, um, have had such abuse on them, such as, you know, rape, child molestation, whatever, even prostitution, even addiction, murder, whatever it may be, and letting them, because you know what, one person just beats themselves up so much and does what they need to do because there's so much within that exterior world of that blanket, and they're thinking that they forget about their spirit, how resilient that warrior is in them. To, for having them to rise up and say, you know what, stop beating yourself up. It's like crap happened. Deal with it. It happened. You did do it. And let's rise above it. Many people may not let, well, may not let you forget about it. But if you live within their thoughts, you're, it's like you're still in that same war zone. You need to start living for yourself, you and your spirit. So we teach that. And one of the things that has been so successful because we were taught this when we were small, which is so much different from the circles today as when you go into the AE circles or whatever it is because, you know, they go, well, let's talk about it. I think those words are so harmful because for the mere reason, if you're in a small community or a community of other people and you're sitting there and you divulge something, that is so painful. And those two people in there, off the wagon or whatever it is, they may take that information and take it back into your community and say, hey, did you know this happened to this person and that there? So it puts you right back in a darker place. So what we do is we teach by using stones. It's not, it doesn't matter what you say to us grandmothers or who does this this, uh, ancestral teaching is to teach them, to empower them that everything I know, you know, because all us grandmothers do is we hold a mirror up and we show those individuals. They have the same strength that we carry. All we are is reflecting what they already have and we're teaching them to wake up to it. So when they say whatever is so painful to them, we have a work with stone. 
and we have the fuel of stones, and they put those spots in those stones, and we go by the waters. And everybody does this across the world. You know that old game where you skip that stone across the water? Mm-hmm. That's going back generations of how many grandmothers that go. That you take that information and you skip it across. Some people will go, oh, it went only two back. Well, maybe that's where it's meant to be because those two generations will may need to hear those thoughts that you put in those stones. And you'll get better at it. No matter how older, handicapped or whatever it is, you get better at that because you feel good about it. Because you entrust that and you get that weight off you. And so when you use those visuals of letting them know and then you're entrusting your greatest pain to your ancestors, you've got to remember those ancestors can handle it because their journey three, four, five hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, was a lot more difficult than what we have today. So they're resilient. So, yeah. And the thing is, what is so awesome about this, as they start to get this and they see it, even they go, oh, it doesn't work. But when they do it, you can physically see change. And you can physically see their spirit within them radiate and brighten up and color their cheeks to their face. You can see their shoulders rise up. They even got a different skip in their walk. Mm-hmm. I, I don't question how it happened. I, I never do because it's like question creator. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the resilience within them is once they start waking up their spirit and that warrior within them, those teachings automatically come because... Who I am as a great grandmother. Our teachings to our young ones is when you inhale, you breathe in Mother Earth's breath. That's a gift to being here. That's to this blanket of a body. But when you exhale that air, you're exhaling all your ancestors because it's in your DNA. And spiritually, they're all around you. Because when you fall to your left, your ancestors will pick you up. When you go to your right, that's your future. What stays in the center is it's you. You're the balance. You have the knowledge, the power of knowing who the we are. That's you and your spirit. You can change. You can change that skip in your in your walk. You can start feeling your shoulders going up. You can feel that smile on your face. You will find yourself empowering yourself because we say never look for somebody for help because they can't give you something if you're not willing to take it. All we can do is remind you of what you already have. And a lot of times we always let them know they're a lot more powerful, they're a lot more resilient than just who we are. Right. When they stand up and when they get back on their feet and when they get on that red road, that recovery road is that they are back on that pure path and they're back drinking the purest of waters that was intended to be when you first had that agreement with Creator. Thank you, Grandmother. This is powerful teaching. It's time for our first break. So listeners, stay with us. Our topic today is Circles of Strength, Awakening to a Unity of We, and my guest is Grandmother Mary Lyons, Ojibwe Elder, Grandmother's Council Member, and Member of Women of Wellbriety International. She's a spiritual teacher, advisor, and storyteller. We'll be right back. Stay with us here on Spirit of Recovery. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. of all life is the infinite wellspring of source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is Circles of Strength, Awakening to a Unity of We. And my guest today is Grandmother Mary Lyons. Grandmother Mary is an Ojibwe elder. She's a Grandmother's Council member, and she's a member of Women of Wellbriety International. She's a storyteller, a spiritual advisor, and a wisdom teacher. And you can learn more about her work. Um, just Google her. It's um Grandmother Mary, L-Y-O-N-S, and you can find lots of great information about her. There's some uh, video and um, different information uh, that you'll just be delighted to find out all the many things that she's involved in and to learn about the Grandmother's Council and what they're doing, and they do a lot of great work with the UN and take journeys, so she'll probably share some of that with us today, too. Before I get back uh, to my conversation with Grandmother Mary, I invite you to take a moment with me in meditation, the Serenity Minute, to share with me a constructive idea and then just to relax. And as Grandmother Mary was telling us, that breath, as we breathe in, we make that connection, waking up our spirit and connecting with our Mother Earth and connecting with our ancestors as we breathe out. They're there to help us. So I invite you to relax and feel that peaceful presence of your higher power, creator, whatever name you use for your spiritual source, and relax from the crown of your head all the way through your body temple, and share with me this constructive idea. I am waking up to the spirit within me. I am fully alive, fully awake knowing my oneness with all life. I am waking up to the spirit within me. I am fully alive, fully awake, waking up to my oneness, my connection with all life. And now we take a moment in the quiet.
Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to experience your wakening up and your connection. So now I'm back to my conversation with Grandmother Mary Lyons, and as she uh, said earlier in the program, I met her back in October at the Parliament of World Religions in Salt Lake City, Utah. It was wonderful. Uh, There were 10,000 people there at that Parliament of World Religions, and so much wonderful uh, energy and excitement and enthusiasm, so much spirituality, and uh, Mother Mary Lyons was a part of that and uh, did some ceremony and some prayers and made some uh, meditations, and it was it was just wonderful. So, Grandmother Mary, thank you for the, all the wonderful work that you're doing in the world, and uh, also certainly part of that is the recovery community and in the indigenous community. So, before our break, you were telling us a lot about the um, the power of our spirit within and and seeking that and, and not looking to other people, you know, to do for us what's really in us. Tell us some more about that. How does it work? Well, you know, the thing is, it's um, I do these wisdom lessons, and I have these stacks of journals. It's just, the thing is, is, is my meditation, and it seems to hit me about 3 a.m. every morning as I wake up and I have my visits with my ancestors and all of this stuff, you know, from night flying, whatever it may be in the stuff and out there. And I write these lessons down, and it may be me, but it's the words come from the we. And we put them out there. And one of the things that within these lessons that is being written, it's not something to say, this is what I want you to do. This is what I know you're capable of doing. See, there's this whole different dialect of balance because we have been taught so many times of this is how you do it. And I don't know if you were in one of our sessions at the Parliament and this stuff, but I find this to be the most simplest teachings is that, you know, it starts with children. And when us grandmothers are sitting around at a table having coffee, visiting, or, you know, planning, doing whatever it may be, and one of my grandchildren, I'll use an example, you know, my granddaughter will come running in and she'll be crying so hard, just barely breathing because she's so upset and she's so hurt, just whatever it may be. The most normal response that you witness and you watch, people will grab them and they'll go, oh, what's wrong, what's what's wrong, you know. But tell me what's wrong, you know, who did this, you know, and wanting to go into this real negative state with them or I'm going to fix it for you. We don't do that. They'll come in doing all that they can do to get attention. We'll tell them after we examine their whole entire little body so they're not bleeding or nothing's broke. We'll tell them, we'll go, you go sit over in that corner there. Go sit on that chair. Right in up where we can see them. You go sit there, and when you're done and you're ready to talk about it, and this is the way we talk to them, and when you're done and we can understand you, then we're going to talk about this. But right now, that's that's what you got to do. And so she'll she'll go over there. She won't be very happy about doing this, but she'll go sit down there, and it'll take her maybe a... It won't happen in a few seconds. We all know that. It's impossible for a child that's been that excited. So anyways, during their time and carrying on, we teach our children to be respectful. And so we'll go on about our conversations, but each one of us grandmothers will kind of keep an eye on her, and then we'll look at each other and maybe lift our eyebrow to say, okay, it's time. So we'll tell them, you know, when we notice their breathing is back to normal, we'll say, come here, come on over here. Let's talk about this now. Tell me. Tell me what happened. And so they'll tell us what happened. He did see shit, whatever it may be had been done to them. And we'll listen for a little bit, and then we'll stop and we'll say, wow, that really sounded like it was a lot for you. Wow. But then we'll smile at them and we'll remind them, you know what's amazing? is you 
handle it all by yourself. That's the biggest ticket of all. That's the winning ticket right there. We will then give her self-praise that they came in, they dealt with their hurt and feelings and all of this stuff, they sat still, they had time to think about it, and then they could talk about it without being in that negative mode. And then we'll ask them, we'll ask permission. Wow, you know what? You did such a wonderful... Can I give you a hug? It's just an honor for me to hug you because you handle it all by yourself. And they'll get a hug and then off they'll go. Do you know what that does for a child? See, that's the way when I was little. That's the way our instruction was. Because that instruction empowered us to realize we had the strength in us to handle the most difficult situation. Today, when people jump on that, I'll take care of it, I'll do this, do that for you, what you're doing is pushing their pain so deep inside of them, it's like giving them a sleeping pill. Their spirit, put it to sleep because everybody else is going to handle all the crap that you get yourself into. And then it becomes an attention seeker because it becomes the norm. Because how I'm going to get this attention is this is what's going to happen and they're going to take care of it for me. And it, that negative just builds and it becomes their community. So we teach that now to the older people for them to really think about a situation. And when something happens, don't dive into it. Take a couple steps back and figure out, wow, the first question you've got to ask is being responsible for yourself and saying, how could I have avoided this situation? What could I have made different? If I could turn back the hands of time right now, how could I have avoided this? By teaching them that when they're at an older age, that's like teaching that little girl to go sit over there in that corner And when she's quiet, she can come over and we can talk about it. It's empowering a person to be responsible, to know that they have control. But the whole thing is when you see that resilience of them to say, wait a minute, nobody pushed me down that dark alley. My foot was in agreement with the other foot to walk down that way. I chose to do that. No one forced me to do it. I did it on my own. People say, no, you don't know my community or whatever it is. This is the way life is. And I say, you know, one thing I learned from Gandhi, Gandhi was imprisoned. You may put my body in a prison and take all communication away, but you can't take my mind. You may do whatever you want to me. But you can't take my mind because my spirit has control of that. I said, what an awesome teaching that his elders taught him. And, of course, I had to give it with a little humor. It was probably his grandmother that taught him that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had to throw Mm -hmm. something like that in there. But the whole thing is, it's many of our people, you have to really think about the world as it is today. I've been working with fetal alcohol children for over 35 years. I knew about fetal alcohol children for over 60 years. I just didn't have that label on it because you always knew within your community if there was alcoholism and there were special kids in that there or hyper kids in the stuff or why kids did what they did or why people they did what they did wasn't normal. You knew something was wrong. You just didn't know that that was a red flag flying up in your in your brain right. or your radar. And like we had talked before, you know, it gets to the point where you see so many people, you know, they're like broken compasses. They don't know which way to go. They don't know mm-hmm. which way to do. And mm-hmm. so what you have to do is you have to teach them to fix themselves of showing them the resilience and they and that's by fixing themselves, fixing them is empowering them to let them know you have it in you. You have to have that desire in you. And for you to know if you want to walk into it or if you want to walk away from it. And we try to use a lot of visuals because I don't even 
think half the people, I don't even think 10 people, 10% of this world realize that their family is inflicted with fetal alcohol one way or the other because nobody can escape it. Because the whole thing is, you know, when your spirit comes into that body, it's supposed to be healthy, but it's broken. Because you can't have that tiny little fetus growing in a sack full of alcohol or drugs and this stuff and expect all the mechanics of the A and B wiring to fit appropriately. See, now in Minnesota here, when we were uh, in with um, Thunder Spirit Lodge many, many years ago, which is now Molfast, mm-hmm. it, our, our walks of life and this stuff was, gosh, the lemon law has more rights than a child that has fetal alcohol. Help me understand it. You will get more attention if you're a broken-down lemon car that was sold to somebody than a child that was broken. I, we didn't understand that. So this journey that we have worked on from way back then all the way up into the UN work that we do now is, yeah, we do with the women of Albrighty. Um, the young founder, uh, I would say young, she's a grandmother. Her name is Cheryl Whitehawk. She's a founder and wonderful lady. Um, and if you ever get a chance to interview her, do it. And the grandmothers from our council are awesome as well. But uh, she, this kept coming to her, and she asked the grandmothers, myself, Linda, and uh, another grandmother that has walked on that passed on Lillian Price, and uh, then Leon Johnson uh, came on. Um, Linda Woods from Michigan and out there, and Linda Woods has an awesome story. She works with indigenous uh, stories and stuff, uh, making these short films of their journey from uh, into the demons and into the recovery world. You just have to, that is something. It's something for three minutes and really change a person's life. But anyway, there's so many, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, there's so many things that we we have in there that we try to figure out because a lot of times what we have to think about is the rural community. Uh, the women may be in cities and stuff, but they may not be able to have access to getting to an AA meeting or, you know, whatever it may be. So we had to do talking circles on 800 numbers. Uh, we started, you know, creating uh, Facebook pages and that there. And the women over a variety page and this stuff and just giving our lessons and our quotes and this stuff and empowering the women there for not them to come to us and ask for help, but for them to join within the this, this cyber circles of how one can empower one another or just be willing to be that invisible stone to dump that weight there and, and to walk back into that world and to have these women empower one another. And so that became real powerful. There were several other people that had asked within part of the wisdom lesson is that what myself creates is that if they could share it with these other websites. And I said, absolutely, because, you know, there's sober Indians, there's indigenous Indians of Canada, California, and then became the grandmothers of Scotland, of Ireland. Uh, from New Zealand, I mean, whatever it may be. I said, whatever's going to work and however it empowers you, um, all it is is just the key that opens that balance door between your spirit and your body. If somehow that can act as that key for you to the me and to have that resilience shine as the we, absolutely. And it, it, it kind of went on its own, but I believe the reason why it went on its own is because Creator gifted it out to the universe. It was something that was a responsibility from my journey, my ancestors' journey, is that what, that was one of the survival teachings that had to stay sacred till the time it was to be gifted again. And this is what we call our prophecies. And this is part of our eighth fire teaching because, you know, they hear of seven fires and eight fires. So there's a lot of prophecies. So that's that's another whole new thing. Mm-hmm. But since that time of doing it, I had this um, wonderful lady 
out of New York and this stuff had uh, asked me if I'd ever put this in a book. I said, a lot of people ask me, but I just, you know, I, I don't have the time um, because I also met several other grandmothers and I met a very dear sister grandmother. Her name is Davy. Uh, she's out of Washington and we met in Florida and we didn't even know why we were in Florida and it came about and, and we ended up on this journey and that's the journey that you met us at at the Parliament. Mm-hmm. Uh, had agreed to be with her through four journeys. People ask what, what it is and what are we tired of? We don't know. Coming <laughs> out there and creator just lays it out there for us and you know, we, we, we believe that much. That's what it is and it presents itself. And so um, some of our work that we've been doing is in uh, New Zealand. We work with some grandmothers there. And so, I don't know, it's just when the door opens and if it feels good conversations on the other side, I always say, why not? So with the Women of Albrighty, which is on the flip side of it, much different than the Awakening, the other indigenous grandmothers that I travel with, at the UN, I got into the UN because I felt there was a lot of women there throughout the globe that really needed help that were in poverty, that have may have been violated in such mannerisms we couldn't even process our thoughts to. Um, and we could honestly say we could bet a million dollars that there was alcohol somewhere involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it was in this stuff. So we had to extend our hands because part of our teaching is too. It's when we breathe in and we exhale our ancestors. It's kind of like stretching. When you stretch both of your arms and your legs and you arc your back out in this stuff, and when you come back and when you want to hug and when you're hugging Mother Earth, you're hugging all humanity because alcohol, alcohol is not prejudiced in any manner over what color, what community, what income, any type of status that it favors all. So we had to stay within that rhythm and figure out how can we get that connection without having to say, well, you've got to pay us $1,200 in this stuff and we'll come over and we'll teach you how to do this. Because we knew in those poverty areas, they probably didn't even have $2 to go get milk to bring home to their children. So we had to get on these airwaves or think outside the box as if we were two, 300 years ago, even thousands of years ago. How would we get that circle message of the we to the people that needed it? So that's how we started thinking. And this kind of went viral again because the invitations started coming. Gosh, um, my daughter had the same mom. You, you can't keep saying yes. You're wearing yourself out. And they tell the other grandmothers. And, and so the thing is, it's, um, we knew there was more. And such as a person like we are. Anna, there's a person like you that has this connection and this stuff. So we've been meeting this rhythm, this beautiful wave of making all these connections. And these connections are our resources and the voices in this stuff. And with your voice and my voice and another woman's voice and even another man's voice, another child's voice in this stuff, the power of the we is getting stronger and we are awakening and we're saying no to all that crap of alcohol and addiction. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, it's um, it's like person to person, heart to heart. And you've traveled around the world, haven't you, given this message and to the UN? Yes, yes, I have. Um, before we went to the parliament, we were when we got back from New Zealand. I had to be at the UN doing the indigenous uh, sessions, and we got invited to do the opening prayer for the climate march, which was awesome. And I had the choice to either go in with the indigenous group of um, community or to go with the um, with the group of religion. And my heart said go within, within the group of religion because those opening prayers and this stuff 
was also an announcement of history because part of that announcement of history is what we all have to remember. Yes. Two is our ancestors' histories. When you walk into somebody's house, you don't tell them what kind of coffee to make, where you want them to sleep, and how much money you want to give them. And so we had to introduce to the world that you're on indigenous land and that, yes, many, many generations you came over here and you ran from something to be here, but we want to thank you for asking us indigenous grandmothers to say the opening prayer, and we want to thank you for recognizing this is indigenous land. You finally opened our home doors with respect so we went that route. And that was the same way at the Parliament because that was the first year of the Parliament that really the voices of the Native Americans were heard, the indigenous mm-hmm. people here. So the whole rhythm there was, was, was happening, you know. But the thing is, once you get over those heavy obstacles, then you become the we. You, mm-hmm. Once again, don't look color. You, you see humanity which is so enriching, and it just excites me. It just gives me an energy like you just wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a creator gifted me that. And yeah. So, Say a little more about what you about how you see what's happening in our world right now in terms of, of waking up and what is needed. We've, we've got a few more minutes here. How do you see it? And you said you, you see us waking up and, and getting into that we, getting past some of those obstacles that we've how we've treated each other over the years how do you see what's happening in the world grandmother mary well one of the things that we had the fortunate thing working with indian child welfare action i worked within foster care and my specialty is um i always say i like my specialty because this is really where my heart is my heart is with the disabled and handicapped people Mm -hmm. and through that adventure in this stuff because you know what they have got the most richest Honest, purest love of love. You, if they're mad, they're mad, and if they love, they love. But amongst it, was became the most saddest recognizing of things because a majority of the ones that I worked with were fetal alcohol. They had organic brain disorders, some something that um, was related to alcohol. And so, in our world today, now this this is this is to me. It's like that broken compass. When a judge says to a person that's been in his courtroom 20, 25 times, when are you going to learn? How many times do you have to go to prison? When are you going to get it? I had to, myself and many others, when we taught... uh, the criminal justice department about fetal alcohol, we said, why are you asking such a hideous, stupid question? Would you say to the blind person, didn't I tell you I wanted you to pick navy blue instead of pink? And they go, that's silly. And we said, absolutely. The majority of people are in prisons. The majority of the people on the street, the majority of the people around have some type of organic brain disorder that's related to alcohol and drugs. It's a given. They are successful in the military, in the prison, and in the welfare systems because they don't have high expectations. There's an order of simplicity and saying A, B, and C, this is what you have to do to get gate. But you don't hand a person that doesn't have that ability to calculate and think like a normal mind when you say, here's $410, you take care of your kids, pay your rent, and use your food stamps, and do all of this stuff in appropriate order. This is what you have to do. Now, to them, they may pay their rent, or they may not, or they may have seen something they really wanted to buy or get something for their kids or do something and stuff. And then... They sit back and then they realize, oh, no, I've got to pay this and I've got to pay that, and they don't have it anymore. They don't know what's going on, and then they beat themselves up. And so what happens is social services comes in and says, you're incompetent. You can't do this. You can't. Well, you're absolutely right, but you set them up. Mm-hmm. Would you set a person up that had cerebral palsy 
two run down the stairs like Rocky did in Cincinnati. Absolutely not. So why do you do it to disabled people? Because they have that invisible disability, common sense, common sense to the world is if you find yourself asking them, why don't they get it? Start asking yourself, why don't you get it? Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. So, sort of like as a as a world, maybe we're needing to step back and and see how addiction and and substances are really affecting the whole way we look at things, instead of keeping on beating our head up against the same wall. Kind of take a step back. Alcohol is the number one cause for mental health and neurological disabilities. It's in the medical book. Mm-hmm. But the, the craziest thing is, every corner there'll be there'll be a bar, there will be a, a liquor store, and every county within the United States and this the biggest liquor stores and this stuff are owned by the county officials because it generates more money. But then they're really mad because they have all these other disruptions and they have all these other people saying, well, you're living off our tax dollars. Well, stop feeding them the crap so they can get on with their life. So what, quote, unquote, the healthy, normal mind is really, I hate saying this, but they got no common sense because they set themselves up and it's kind of a monopoly of destruction for all. I mean, and it's it's. It's crazy. That's why I kind of call it. It's kind of like a broken compass. They're all running around not knowing which direction to go into. Right. But the thing is, fetal alcohol children, and once they know their own disabilities, then what becomes beautiful is then they find out their capability. Mm-hmm. Once they find out their capabilities and watching them grow and doing what they're doing is awesome it's like watching watching a beautiful flower grow where they say nothing's going to grow mm-hmm. and it just happens in in um i don't know it's just it's phenomenal but the whole thing is you have to realize why some kids will fight to be fighting or some women will stay in abusive situations or some men will be fighting to fighting if you see all of this and you go, wonder when they're going to get it, have you ever thought about, do they happen to have any type of neurological disorder where they're self-medicating, where they're getting deep body compressions? Right. So right. when you step back a couple steps and look at it, you know, what's going on here? You can't think, oh, they were raised wrong and going into that negative state. You have to take a step back and think about, you know, I wonder if what's wrong here. And once they're taught that and once they get it, oh, my God, they, they just grow from there. It, it's a lot of growth that happens. And there's right. many things that can happen. So it's, um, yeah, our world has a lot to learn. But one of the things that uh, they have stopped doing is um, they have to stop using alcohol as the main source of income to uh, keep our communities moving. And, That's you know, right. and not bigger paychecks within the uh, political world. Right. Our time is up. Grandmother Mary Lyons, thank you so much for uh, being my guest today, and thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the love and, and joy and work that you do in the world. And um, you've shared a lot with us today, given us a lot to think about and uh, helping us to wake up to that spirit within us. Thanks for being my guest Awesome. Have a great life and keep on the red road. Yes, ma'am. And uh, we'll keep in touch. And listeners, thanks for being with us today. I know that you've been blessed. You have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week on The Spirit of Recovery. And Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org.
you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.